the Dave Squared Podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. And we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, uh, two master's degrees, an economics degree, over 60 years of work experience, and lots of time in air-conditioned space. And we're making this podcast together to try to help each other and hopefully you, the listener, save some money. So, Mr. Kramer, what is the topic of the day? Well, I recently installed in my house a whole house fan. So, I think our topic is how can we save money on energy while cooling our house and being lazy and comfortable? I got you. I am, I am envious because I've been thinking about one of those for a while. I just haven't been able to convince myself to pull the trigger and buy it. So today, my house is heated and cooled using a, a heat pump. Yeah. One of the challenges here is because we don't actually have air conditioning, it's hard to show any savings. So it would never calculate out unless you value your comfort as something. So... We should probably explain to our listeners what a whole house fan is and what it does. Dave, you have the mechanical engineering degree, so I think that's is up to you. Oh my gosh, put me on the spot here. So essentially what it does is you put a big fan that sucks the air out of your hot house and pushes it into the attic and essentially there's vents in your attic or should be vents in your attic and then that hot air gets pushed out outside. You have to make sure that you open up the window to your house and open up far enough or windows to allow cool air from outside to come in. So in theory, it really only works when the outside temperature is cooler than your, your home. Uh, right. So uh, if you don't have a whole house fan, even when it's cool outside. So I live in Northern California where it's generally quite cool at night. Uh, so where I live, we... New houses have air conditioning, but historical ones don't. My house isn't historical, but you know what I mean. Uh, Houses from a previous generation. But you can have a nice, cool night, and the window's open, but because there's no breeze, the hot air in your house takes a long time to get displaced. So if you put in a whole house fan, the idea is it sucks all of the hot air out into the attic and creates a a pressure differential so the cold cooler air from outside will flow in and you'll feel a nice breeze at every window yeah and um it's interesting there are a lot of places that don't have air conditioning like your older home i know where i grew up in pennsylvania none of those homes had air had air conditioning back in the day and it was kind of hot in the summertime maybe in august for a few days but you just kind of dealt with it um, the nice thing about this is it does cool your house off a lot faster. I know here in Arizona, I will open the windows. There are a lot of days in the spring and in the fall where it's hot outside to where the AC is running. I'll keep my AC about 78, but at night in, in the desert, it'll drop 30 degrees in my suburbia where I live, it drops about 25 degrees. Right. So it drops pretty quickly, but if you just open the windows and I'll do that, it takes a long time for your house to cool down yeah modern houses for very good reason are quite weather tight and well insulated and so perversely even though my house is staying nice and cool during the day it does warm up from people walking around and the exterior temperature it holds the heat in when you really wanted it to go away so we add a powered fan to blow it out through the attic 
Yeah. Um, so for you, for you, and I was thinking about it just for money savings, and I will tell our listeners, I haven't put a model together for it. I don't think it's going to pay back in two or three years. I think it's going to be a longer payback, but it's going to be pretty pretty complicated model because literally I'd have to model months or days and certain hours of the day when it would be on and off versus the air conditioning. I recently had my mom replace her air conditioning unit and I could pretty quickly, it was just buying a new air conditioner. We modeled basically different models of efficiency and what would the payback would be or not really payback but what would the total cost be over so many years and it was easy to do that but this is going to be more complicated but anyways i'm interested how's it working for you so so dave so um it, it works well when everything is going well so normally here in the summer it'll be in the high 50s at night and it'll get up high 70s low 80s during the day so my house has some shade on it and you'll walk in from the outside at four o'clock, five o'clock at night. And it's still in the seventies in there, even though it's uh, in the eighties outside. And so you wait for the sun to go down, you crack the windows and it works great. Unfortunately, uh, yesterday it got to a hundred degrees here, Dave. Wow. That is a mind boggling. Wow. Yeah. It, fortunately it got, it did cool off. It wasn't an trapped inversion layer got to the 60s at night but it didn't get below it was still 84 degrees at 10 o'clock at night so it's it's not an air conditioner and as you know i was very excited to do this we were replacing some insulation and we had this done at the same time and i think i built up the expectations of it too much and mm. uh the family thought it was going to be an air conditioner and started it as soon as it got warm in the house and so it goes backwards if you do that. If it's 90 degrees outside and 78 inside, it doesn't make things cool. It's going to warm, warm up your ass very quickly, won't it? Yes. So, and it, it, so I said there's no payoff for me, but there is. What I'm trying to do is put off as long as possible installing air conditioning. Because air conditioning, if you don't have it, is quite expensive and quite labor intensive. It's expensive. In your house, um, remind me again, you don't, uh, you could use existing ducting that resides in your house? Yes. Fortunately, it wouldn't be too hard for us because we have forced air heating. So the ducts would still work. I would say they're in the wrong side because cold air sinks and hot air rises. But since we, they're, they're in the ceilings upstairs and they're in the floor downstairs. So they're wrong one way or the other. We do have two zones, though, instead of one. So we have two furnaces. Um, so we'd have to do it to get the whole house. We'd have to do both. I'm leaning towards, we've already replaced the furnace downstairs, but replacing the one upstairs, which is original 1965 stuff and is on its last legs, replacing that with uh, a heat pump, possibly with a gas-fired uh, coil on it for the heating you know, mm -hmm. a heat pump is an air conditioner. You run both ways, right? Right. Um, but I'm again, I'm stalling on that because it's more expensive. The the, the unit is more expensive than just a gas fired. Oh, sure. My mom just my mom look. She had thirty years on her heat pump, which I was just amazed because I think the average lifespan is fifteen years, so it lasted thirty years. And a four ton unit just cost something along the lines of thirty four hundred sixty four hundred dollars to replace. So it's not inex not inexpensive. Uh, yes, but so, but you have that's just drop that's dropping in. So you probably have some modifications on top of that to 
tied into your existing system. So it's going to be more than that. Yeah, the furnace is in a closet upstairs, the one I would replace. And so you'd have to pipe the coolant outside somewhere, right? So, and to do it where I want it to be would be far away. You'd want it on the garage uphill side where there's no windows far from the house. Otherwise, you're just exhausting back into your house. So, you know, I don't know what it is, but $10,000, which is my guess. Um, and it could be- doesn't, That doesn't sound unreasonable. Yeah, so I'd say it's at least that. It's probably 6000 just for the equipment. Um, so I, I'm trying to put that off. And the downside of air conditioning, Dave, I know you've lived with it for many years, but if you don't have air conditioning, you leave the windows open and it's a different effect, right? It's fresh air. You hear the birds in the morning. Sometimes it's annoying because you hear the trains and the traffic as well, but it's different than having air conditioning because once you have air conditioning on, you leave the windows closed, you leave the air conditioning on, and then you argue about how to set the thermostat. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I mean, I, I in the wintertime, it's lovely here because we'll like to open the windows. At some point, it gets it gets kind of cold in Arizona, frankly, and then you turn the heat on. But there's probably about maybe three or four months where we have the windows open, at least at night, to cool the house down. And like you said, you, our modern homes are pretty well insulated. So if you can get it cool and, shut, and then shut the windows, um, it helps keep it cool. Yeah. So this is actually kind of reflective of pretty ancient technology um there's a thing called persian cooling towers and you they would build a chimney and persia was in a lot of hot climates so you'd you'd build a chimney with uh openings at the top and as the wind blew it would cause a, a vacuum and it would draw the hot air out of the building and up and out and they would have um air coming in from below the house which is cooled by the earth and that's how they would stay cool in the desert 3,000 years ago if you were wealthy enough to build that. Mm, so interesting. Trying to tap into that and try and get the hot air to go out the top of the house and pull in cool air in the bottom. Um, so it, it's very appealing from an engineering point of view, Dave. It's very elegant, right? Yeah. How, um, how's the noise level? Uh not bad. You can hear it, uh, but it's kind of a white noise. When it turns on or you change the speed, it turns itself off and turns itself back on. You can hear a thump, even though we did buy the the more expensive one that uh, you particularly recommended that where the register is ducted to the fan so it's not sitting on top of the ceiling in the joist. So every time the fan moves, it ro- rotates the house, right? That's how a lot of sound gets passed. So it is a better one. Yeah, I was interested in what you got because essentially, listeners, it's a fan at the end of a tube and the tube would reside uh, somewhere in your hallway at, at the top of your house. If you have two stories like Dave, you do, I have a one-story house, but I have seen the kind that basically have a fan that sits on top of the joists right. in the hallway and it can be quite loud. It cools your house up, but it's quite loud. So that idea of the fan at the end of a tube that sits up in the attic away from the immediate hallway uh, kind of appealed to me. Yeah, it's it's much more interactive than turning on an air conditioner, right? Air conditioners have thermostats that can turn themselves on and off. To do this right, you have to open the windows when you turn it on. Otherwise, you're creating a negative pressure and your house will collapse like in a tornado. Maybe not that bad. Well, it, well, it could, I mean, it could create problems if you have, I have an all electric house, but it could create problems where you have gas appliances, right? That's true. It's making your, your stuff draft backwards. Um, so theoretically, there could actually be a life safety issue. 
so listeners, please make sure if you, I have an electric house, so it's not really an issue, but you want to, you have to crack the windows to use this thing properly. Yes. And so people like you and me can think that through very uh, hard and spend a lot of time on it because it feels like what it should be doing is uh, opening the windows downstairs, leaving them closed upstairs and then go. Yeah. And uh, so that's a lot. They're not on dampers, right? I have to go open and close them. And what I'd really like to do is leave the windows open downstairs and leave the fan running all night on a low speed and suck in all that 65 degree air. So when I come downstairs, what I'd really like is to come downstairs in the morning and be cold and have to put a sweatshirt on. But then you're leaving your windows open on the ground floor, which feels insecure. Probably. So we aren't, hmm. aren't doing that. So I got to trusting. Because that's what I'll do sometimes when it cools down here. Um, we just leave the windows open all night long and we'll have a comfy comforter on the bed, you know, uh, some sort of nice comfort keeps you warm. So it's great when you're under the covers when you get out, it might be a little chilly, but it kind of pre-cools the house down and modern homes, like our house is built in 88. It's reasonably well insulated. So if you keep it cool and shut the windows, it'll stay cool for a while. Yeah, it's kind of refreshing to... You feel more comfortable under your warm covers when it's cold outside. You sleep better, I think. Yeah, you do. So uh, the other thing I wanted to make mention is this works pretty well where there's a bit, pretty big difference between night and day temperatures. So this, I lived in South Florida for a while. It's not going to work in South Florida because the difference between um, the day and night in Miami or Fort Lauderdale where I used to live is like 10 degrees. It works really well in uh, the West where you have low humidity where the difference between night and day is dramatic. Right. You're never going to get a dehumidifier out of a whole house fan, and that's what can make things so uncomfortable in Florida or Louisiana, say. Yeah, so I think th these would work perhaps well in Arizona during the shoulder seasons in fall and spring, it, uh, you know, after the sun goes down in parts of California, probably Utah, de desert places, because we'll get a 25-degree drop and the sun goes down here generally. Yeah, we do own a cabinet um air conditioner you know it's about the size of i don't know uh, 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 a fender stacked amp right uh, i was gonna say our listeners probably don't know what that is i was gonna say dehumidifier but a lot of our listeners probably don't know what a dehumidifier looks like either what is it the a size of a dorm fridge a little tiny fr uh uh yeah a little taller and skinnier than that but say yeah the, yeah. the bigger dorm fridge it looks the like bigger that. dorm Yes. One that doesn't What's fit under your desk. Right. Yes. And, but you have to exhaust it through a window. Um, so it works fine, but we own another appliance. that's the same size, a swamp cooler. Have you, you're familiar with these, right, Dave? I, I am familiar. I don't have one, but they're very common, um, pr primarily in older neighborhoods because it's just, it's an inexpensive way to cool your house in Arizona. You're just, uh, you're using a evaporative cooler. Go ahead. Exactly. It uses the phase change from uh, liquid water to water vapor to absorb energy so it, 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 it cools things down. And it up to a point when the, the air is saturated, it no longer works and it's just making things humid. But in a dry area, it can actually make things more comfortable. Um, uh, but it's not an air conditioner and it has uh, limited use. So it, it would work great where you are. Yeah. But it works really great to take it from 116 to 108, so you still could die. But 
Yeah, those are pretty common in older neighborhoods, um, and they work really well until we get to what we call our monsoon season. So our monsoon season is not like it is in other places, but um, the humidity goes up high enough where the evaporation effect just doesn't work. It's um, For our listeners who haven't come out here, you can get out of the pool here. It can be 108 degrees, and you can get out and feel cold because the water is evaporating off your body and makes you feel cold when it's 108 degrees. So, so do people, like the other thing with the swamp coolers, you got to add water and because of eventually it'll evaporate. Do people have them like permanently installed where there's a, a plumbed water supply to it? Yeah, that's the typically you have a plumb water supply. There's a, uh, like a, a membrane that you have to replace periodically. I've never actually used one. They're very common in older homes, like homes, say, before the night. They were built maybe in the 60s or 50s. Um, like a neighborhood I live in, all these homes were had heat pumps ins- installed on them. They work really well and they're much cheaper. So it's similar to your whole house fan. You're probably running two or 300 watts to cool your house off um, versus maybe 1,500 or 2,000 watts. Um, but once the uh, once it starts getting humid, and for us, it's this kind of this time of year where the humidity goes up from the mid-teen level to 30 or 40%, then they're not as effective and it's hot and sticky. Right. One thing we had in our house when we bought it that the previous owner had put in, let's say 30 or 30 years ago, the house is 50 years old. He put a fan, an attic exhaust fan in that was on a thermostat. So it didn't change the air temperature in the house. It just made an air change in the, in the attic space. You know, it's not a usable attic or anything like that. Um, so that wouldn't, it wouldn't change the air in the house at all, but it would stop heat from radiating down into the house from the roof in the in the afternoon. And it worked quite well. It died, and I didn't replace it because, A, it's awful crawling around in an attic with fiberglass <laughs> insulation. And, B, he, is, uh, he was a handy guy, but let's call it productively lazy like I am. So he put it on the um, Eve exhaust on the downhill side where the power is easy to get to instead of on the uphill side where there are no windows, right? So on a hot day, you'd have the, the, the windows open on that side of the house in the master bedroom and it would exhaust and short circuit back into the, it's not really a short circuit, but you'd get the attic smell in the room. So when it's, I appreciated the cool, I didn't like the smell and I was too lazy to go up there and crawl and move it to the other side. So, that might still be a valuable thing to have. The whole house fan changes the air up there, but not until it's kind of too late, right? So I, I, I got to figure out a way to do that mm-hmm. without doing too much work. It's interesting. I don't have one of those attic fans, but some people do, do like them. Um, you don't have an attic, do you, Dave? You have vaulted ceilings. No, we have, we have an attic. So there's an attic and it's insulated on top. And there's a little bit of space that we use for storage above the garage where the previous homeowner put uh, uh, two or three planks of plywood down. So the original project here, the whole house fan was an ad, was to uh, replace the insulation in the attic and maximize it and to replace and maximize the insulation in the crawl space. They also added reflective surfaces that are supposed to help with not radiating heat into the house mm-hmm. and you know the crawl space has dirt out down below uh they put some kind of layer on the dirt so it might be more usable as a storage or as, as a wine cellar 
it's too far away for me to store wine and I, I don't like wine that much. So, but it, I can make it a selling feature when I sell the house. <laughs> Ooh, wine cellar. <laughs> uh, too funny. So you have, you've had the fan, because um, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, just because we've done a number of energy saving things at our house, and I've kind of hit the big four, as I call it here, but this would be kind of the, the next one is to, I have to probably try to put a model together to see if it really saves me any money or not because it could theoretically be cheaper to run the air conditioner <laughs> in uh september and october in the evening than open up the windows and run a fan but i'll have to see well obviously dave i know what you're talking about but perhaps you could remind our listeners what the big four are oh i'm glad you asked that so like um the big four especially for here in my house and i'm gonna remind everybody i'm, I'm an all electric house and i don't have gas available to me otherwise i'd i'd have a gas stove but the 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 um the kind of the big four things number one is like your hvac system so we have a heat pump um we replaced our heat pump back in 2010 so it's starting to get a little bit old but uh we almost increased the efficiency of that thing by twice so that saved a um uh, a bunch of money um the next thing is your is your hot water heater and i know you guys have gas hot water heater if i had gas i'd be doing a gas hot water heater i don't have that luxury i bought a what's called a hybrid hot water heater essentially it has a small air conditioning uh unit at the top that's running reverse cycle which is how your heat pump works for your all electric house and it heats the water that way right it's not quite as fast as heating it by um, resistive heating, but it's twice as efficient. Really? So that that saves a lot of money. Um, and also, instead of heating up your garage, right, it cools it. Yep. So that's a good point. You have to have a. You, it's my hot water heaters in the garage, but you could have. Sometimes they're in your house. You have to have some sort of a big enough room because it's going to expel. It's going to. It's going to. Re, it, it will cool that area off. So it cools the garage in the uh as it as it takes heat from its surroundings and then um uh, uses that to heat the water um the other thing for most people is your washer is is your wash is your washer dryer combination there's no new technology for dryers except get a gas dryer don't have gas but what you want to do is what takes the the real cost of doing the wash is essentially running a resistive heating dryer, which is how electric dryer works. Very efficient way to heat things. So you want to get a high efficiency washing machine. So um, you want to spin all the water out of your clothes so they dry a lot faster. Uh, we did that back in 2010. And then um, the last thing, not, not the last thing that's common around here, not common for everybody, is your pool, your pool and your pool pump. And you want to get a variable speed. Um, pool pump and they can be quite expensive um thousand bucks thirteen hundred come down a little bit but they can be run they can be they can pump your pool and filter it much more efficiently efficiently uh i think we did talk about the concept of a solar powered clothes dryer that's made out of string <laughs> yeah well that's another good point too i do i do we do hang dry a lot of our clothes um especially the cotton stuff i I try to buy the right size, and if you put in the dryer, it tends to shrink a little bit. So I will hang a lot of my cotton T-shirts up, and as I look outside of my patio now, we have two clotheslines that pretty much sit there all the time. They're not the prettiest thing in the world, but oh, good we do. You. We do. My daughter likes to. I uh, think some of the delicates get you know hung dry out there, so we do. We do dry a lot of our clothes that way. Yeah, if you if you hang dry a pair of uh, cotton pants, they are pretty much wearable. Or if you put them in the dryer and and forget about them for a couple hours. I mean, they're still wearable, but you wouldn't wear them to work. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So for me personally, I have a lot of cotton clothing. 
Um, and I would, I'd like to put them in the dryer to take a little bit of the wrinkles out for like maybe 10, 12 minutes. And then I'll just hang them up to dry. And that saves you a bunch of money because most of the dollars associated with doing your laundry is the, the money to keep the dryer going. Hmm. Um, the other thing is, because we've talked a lot about solar, uh, you having electric hot water heater lets you use uh, sort of excess power from your solar system that during the middle of the day, you might be having to sell back into the system. And in California, they don't want it anymore because um, there's too much solar stuff. So anything you can use to that lets you use electric power during the day is uh, is helpful. That's a good point. That probably depended on like who your local electricity company is and how the agreement is for buying back power. So um, I haven't thought through that detail. I don't really have that problem because my, my unit covers like 50, 60% of my usage. So I'm always a net user. There's maybe one month a year where we have to close the books where I maybe get three bucks back or something like that. But other than that, I pretty much always use more than I generate yeah but that's a, that's a good point because you know some people we've had them on where their system generates more than they they need and i certainly know people in, in arizona that, that that have the same issue where their system generates more than they need right and battery storage is expensive and, and hot water heater you need anyway so uh you, using it as a way to transfer this power from the day to the night yeah, but I, I'd be, so I'd back to your whole house fan. It's something I've been thinking about. Um, I would not go without AC. The way you save money on AC is not to have an AC unit. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do that in Arizona, but I like the idea of about keeping your house cool and trying to do it with a fan versus uh, AC units. So uh, we should really follow up on this to see how it goes longer term for you. Absolutely. Uh, but while we're covering it, this might be a repeat, but it's it's relevant. So um, I toured one of the first net zero buildings in California. I think it was Lead Platinum, but it was a electrical engineer's office. It used to be a bank building. And um, so they got all of their electrical power from the sun and uh, everything was electric. And they were electricians and electrical engineers. So they were it was a showcase for them. But to get to it, they had set the thermostat at 80 degrees, right? And so they changed the dress code uh, and they left the uh, floor bare under the desks. So, so it was a concrete floor and people wore flip-flops and took their shoes off and wore short sleeve shirts and shorts to work on hot days. Um, so wear shorts and set your thermostat at 78 or 80 degrees and don't wear shoes. It's a good point because I do have friends who live in similar homes who have much higher electric bills. Um, I used to set my thermostat at 80 or 81 back in the day. And when I, when we got the new more efficient unit, I was really jazzed, but immediately we started turning the AC down to 78. We thought we were living in paradise, but I do have friends and to me, 80, 78 seems normal, but you know, I'm wearing a t-shirt right now. I'm wearing shorts but I do have friends that will set their AC down to like 74 or something like that. And similar size, four bedroom, you know, two bath house, 2,300 square feet are paying four, more than $400 a month for electricity. Like that's just way too much for me. Yeah. And we're probably repeating ourselves again, but you know, I'm a fan of people wearing shirts and ties if they are calling themselves professionals, but <laughs> not requiring that anymore is letting people in office environments change their thermostat setting from 72 to 74. And if you do that across the United States, it saves a lot of energy. Yeah, it, it does. Cause uh, it, it is, uh, it is amazing. I'm amazed to see what some of my 
like neighbors bills are because they live in a similar homes with similar insulation we have pretty decent insulation it's not it's uh you know homes today a little bit better but it's pretty pretty decent insulation that saves you a bunch of money um and there's some stuff in the future which really gets to this which is uh cooled chairs right and cooled clothing uh it's hard to work out but i think sony makes a shirt that uh has a, a cooling element that runs down your spine um, hmm. And there are chairs that have a cooling element in it, so it's kind of like one of the reasons. One of the ways they've got uh, data centers to be uh, more energy efficient is they pipe cooling to the racks where the computers are instead of cooling the air around it. And they have hot anyway, so you're just not losing as much in transfer. So yeah, when it was 100 degrees yesterday, I was walking around with a, a wet towel wrapping it around my head. <laughs> That's crazy hot. It's been pretty hot here too, way above normal. I think we we're 117, which is about Ugh. 10, 11 degrees hotter than normal. It's been crazy hot, but hopefully that subsides and that's just a short-term issue here. So I, I, I'm interested in circling back on this to see how you like the fan um, overall. I think I, I would be the guy who would let it run and see how cold I could get it <laughs> down by morning and then shut the windows and see if I can get throughout the whole day. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to figure out a way to do that without getting yelled at for leaving ground floor windows open. Uh, I, yeah, I came up this, <laughs> I got up, I, I overslept this morning. I got up at seven and like, oh, I'm missing valuable cooling time. So I went downstairs and opened all the doors and uh, windows and tried to get the inside temperature down because it was, it was 80 degrees in, uh, in our family room. Oh, in the morning. In the morning. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's not unbearable, but it's hot. I mean, I, I run my house at 78, so that would feel a little bit warm. I'm okay with 80, but it's going to go up from there. So I wanted right. to get it down into, I, I really wanted to be get it down into the 70s because it'll take a while to heat up, right? Yes. And I thought about uh, turning on my uh, furnace, just air only to try and get an air change, but I can't figure out how to do it with my new uh, Google Nest thermostat it's super smart but i can't figure out how to get it to turn on it's too smart for you <laughs> i I, right. I got my son to do the install in it as a challenging project for him but now he has the app installed on his phone and i don't know how to control it <laughs> <laughs> too funny um one last thing for energy efficient led light bulbs are really um, getting cheap so uh, years ago we changed the compact for less and it's getting to the point now where you can buy a 60 watt equivalent at Costco for less than a buck or Home Depot, a hundred watt equivalent, maybe for a buck 25. Um, I've actually recycled some CFL bulbs, took them to Home Depot to recycle them because you can't throw them in the trash because it was cheaper to use an LED bulb. So also that's a way to save some money. And those of you who have incandescent bulbs, go buy the LED bulbs. You will pay them back in a matter of weeks. Yes. And they're not throwing heat off during the, um, so yeah. Just a pure, yeah, that's a good point. That, that holds another whole uh, complicated calculation, but just the electricity alone, if you're using an incandescent bulb, some of the even um, typically the, uh, the uh, I'll call them the decorative bulbs, the ones that have the small bases on them, those have started to come down in price and now they are economically feasible to pay off um, in a couple of years or less. If you have an incandescent bulb, it'll pay off in weeks if you use it a lot. Yeah. And Dave, you've been in your house for a while, so you're probably all set with this. But as part of our, we finally got around to replacing the big original windows on the entrance side of our house. They were quite expensive because they were oversized. Mm -hmm. So they're now double pane glass. So sound is better. Insulation is better. But 
they look so nice without any window coverings on them. We haven't put any window coverings on them yet. So we're getting some passive solar gain through there, which is kind of a drag. Um, uh, but they're nice windows. I hate to cover them with, uh, and all window coverings are more expensive than you think they're going to be. Yeah, it's, I have not replaced my windows. Uh, it's interesting. We do have double pane windows, and on all the all the windows that have sun on them, I have what's called shade screens, which help, uh, which increase the efficiency. I, I'm not going to replace my windows until they break because the payback for the payback for those things. I've done the calculations. My my double pane windows with shade screens are about as 85 percent as efficient as like super efficient like triple pane windows the payback on those are going to be a long time, like well beyond 15 years. So um, I noticed the other day that one of my windows, there's decorative, uh, what do you call it? Like lattice work in them, just this deck, just decorative to make it look like it's individual panes on a big sheet of glass. Right. And I noticed it, I noticed it broke. So it's hanging down and it's mm -hmm. between the two panes of glass and where to fix it. So there's a number of people in my neighborhood that have replaced them. Some of the, some of the, um, Homes like my mom's house lives in the neighborhood. They have single pane windows. So I think the double pane was an upgrade. Yeah. So certainly if you have single pane, the payback for that might make a lot more economic sense since I've got the double pane with the sunscreens on it. It, in my mind, doesn't make an economic sense. I think the payback is like closer to 20 years. Could you send me a picture of what you mean by a sunscreen? That doesn't help our listeners, but I'm not following it exactly. Yeah, sunscreen essentially it's just um, it's like a think about it think about it as a screen that you put on your windows if you open it up, but it has a lot more fabric associated with it. And I'll send you a picture of it. And basically, it helps keep the sun from shining on. Now, the downside, and my wife doesn't like it, is it'll it'll make it a little darker inside. But to me, there's a lot of brightness in Phoenix, so I'm used to it. I'm okay with it. But some people don't like it aesthetically. Is it mounted on the outside or the inside? It's not on the outside, so you'd 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 have a you have a uh, a frame with this fabric that basically keeps the sun from shining onto the w window glass itself, I and see. you'd have them on any window that is, uh, you know, western facing, eastern facing, um, right. southern facing. The only place we don't have them is on the northern side of the house, where you don't really get any direct sun on the windows. Right. Okay. But I'll send you a picture of that. That's that works really well in places um, like. Hot weather places. All right. Arizona. All right. Once again, Dave, we thought we had 10 minutes of content and we've been talking for over 30 minutes. It's amazing how long we can blab. It is. Um, it's fortunate we can share it with the universe. Um, so I think it's time to sign off. Uh, thank you for your insight on this and your encouragement because uh, all home improvements take a lot of energy, uh, mental energy. Um, so we need to save that too. So we're going to sign off now, and I will talk to you soon. So long.